published in 2015, From Walden to Woodlands is an interfaith anthology of poetry about nature in Singapore. With us today are the two drivers of the project and editors, uh, Aoyong Waikit, who teaches English and literature and is an active member of Po Ming Zi Temple. And Muzakir Samad is an undergraduate reading civil engineering at the National University of Singapore. Uh, today we're discussing reading and books in general as agents for change. Uh, and then uh, we'll talk specifically about uh, from Walden to Woodlands. Especially about living authors. Yeah. You know, um, and there's something about walking in the city while you're reading. I mean, just to tie it back to, to mm. reading. I, mm. When I was in Dublin during my exchange, I would have Ulysses open. Yes, yes. Yeah, and then I walk through the city of Dublin and yeah. follow the exact route yeah. that Leopold Bloom took mm. and then visit the same right. uh, like uh, uh, eateries and so on that yeah. he visited. <laughs> yeah, and then just like walk in his footsteps. So yeah. it was fascinating. And then I, I would order the, the same food from, you know, yeah. and, and like the same kind of uh, gorgonzola cheese sandwich that he got and then like people would say oh yeah we've got so many orders of that before because of Ulysses <laughs> well, yeah, was, yeah. Was, does that, does that uh, because we have like um, uh, this um, reading pathways that you, you recommended yeah, this yes program. exactly does that speak to that or yeah I think it echoes that tradition oh. yeah because reading shouldn't be just isolated from the world. I mean, mm-hmm. its words are deeply and intimately connected with lived realities. Yeah. Right? So, these kinds of pathways that we have at, uh, in for Modern Woodlands uh, try to speak to that tradition ah. that uh, it's about visiting the places that matter. You know, you don't have to go to Dublin to appreciate Ulysses. But, it, at the same time, there's something about reading the words and being in the place that yes. captures a certain level of resonance, yeah. right? So, likewise, we can too, and we should, uh, enact that kind of experience mm. in Singapore as well. I mean, we've got so many wonderful places that's yeah. so rich with heritage over here, mm. right? And we've got, I mean, it's not just about parks and gardens. We've got yeah. reserves. We've got all this, all the, all these sites of. of I mean, yeah. terrific natural heritage that we just haven't capitalized on fully. And I, I think many of us, especially younger readers, we, we haven't fully appreciated their beauty and splendor. Yeah. yeah so I, this is what we're trying to do, right, with the book, mm. that yeah. it's an anthology of nature poems, but it's also an anthology of our own experiences living here amidst nature, that yeah. this is an anthology of ourselves, right? I mean, that we, when, when we go down to Badung, Jetty, yeah. you know, there's this poem by Gina Ganabegum and talking about um, Baduk Jetty, and to read a poem while you're there, I think, yeah. really allows you to experience that sense of a magical moment that she's yeah. uh, describing. And her writing was very life. visual; you can get yeah. the smell, and yes, you can exactly. Yeah, 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 popping yeah. Out it's like uh, you, you, I, that's what I'm teaching now, right? I'm, I was teaching the kids about uh, olfactory imagery, right. <laughs> and like I think that's a perfect poem to illustrate that, you know, visual, oral, olfactory, tactile, yeah. and all the rest. Yeah, so yeah, yeah I mean, and and we've got wonderful writers in Singapore. Yeah, you know, writing, I mean, so many different kinds of texts that really deserve to be read, and we just want a platform to. Uh, showcase it properly yeah. right so especially when we had uh, 
you know, well-known writers, but also new voices. Yeah. yeah, we wanted to get a sense of, of 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 who they were as well as the places that mattered. I was this. very um, taken by the migrant worker writers. Ah, mm. right. Yeah. Wow. I mean, it was a surprise to yeah. us, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It was really good. Uh, they they originally wrote in like yeah, it was written in Bengali. It was written yeah. in Bengali, true. Yeah. But um, I would say that the the genius of their writing uh, is even more evident when they wrote in the native language I'm because sure. mm-hmm. of the meter and uh. the rhyme scheme and everything. Yeah. You know, because it it yeah, yeah, yeah. it fulfills strict you know form formal yeah. uh, rules right yeah. in in yes. their yes. works and so. Uh, in English, of course, yeah. we get only. Uh, and I was reading the reading. I was reading. Tagore is going to come up soon. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like even from the book, like uh, I've had quite a, a, a few readers remark, for example, about the migrant worker yeah. po- poems, yeah, yeah. as in the poems by them, that. Um, I mean, it's a great gesture uh, to 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 include them. But I, what I would emphasize to them is that it's also the about the purpose and significance of their inclusion and what it represents, yes. right? Yeah. That uh, it's to demonstrate that migrant workers are very much a part of Singapore society mm. as well, and any kind of xenophobic sentiments, you know, can be countered by simply trying to experience what they've yeah. gone through. In, yeah. in other words, to get a basic sense of empathy, the, the humanity. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So uh, to to read their words and glimpse even to the slightest extent just the kinds of images and visions yeah. that they yeah. have encountered I think is yeah. uh, uh, it's, it's going to be profoundly touching I, uh, I picked up this line uh, from one of the poems it's, oh workers you are mm. the best poets of the world ah, the dust yeah, you yeah. build the civilized city um, mm. so they, yes. they, they have an awareness of, yeah, they, of their role in, yeah. in, the, in, the, in building the city yeah. it's about time we Oh, yeah, as well. <laughs> well said. Yeah, I, I, I mean that that line is especially striking. I think yeah. because, uh, in a way, everyone's a poet, and mm. uh, migrant workers no less. Because yeah. when and we have to 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 be very very appreciative. I think, and many of our younger Singaporeans, I'm not sure necessarily are, mm. you know, that uh, yeah. in the process of building the city, we are also reading the city. I mean, the, the city as a book. Yes. as well yeah. right yeah. city as text yeah. right there's, yeah. there's a wonderful book called um, I mean and this goes into academia and yeah. so on but yeah. then there's a, this, this book called uh, Reading the Southeast Asian City as Text ah yeah and oh you've got to tell me who wrote that yeah it's, it's, it's a it's, it's I, I do believe it was uh, Professor Brenda Yeo and okay. uh, geography. Professor Robbie Go, if I'm not okay. wrong yeah from, from geography and I mean for FASS and yeah. uh they're speaking of theorizing the city so this idea about the Southeast Asian city you know that in Southeast Asia we have all these I mean we're not just speaking of metropolises like you know Jakarta or KL or Singapore but in general cities throughout this entire region are multiplicitous 
And they've got such a whole mix, a whole full confluence of cultures that it's often bewildering, you know. And it's a bit like a book. So when you're walking through the city, if you're walking through the streets of Singapore, um, it's a bit like you're, you're, you're reading pages and right. you may or may not understand it because there are all these layers of narratives. You're walking to the middle of the book. Exactly. You didn't need it. We, the <laughs> perfect. That is a perfect metaphor, yeah. So it's like, you know, now we are, uh, we are, we are speaking... Water books, right? And here we have, you know, Arab Street. We have yeah, like yeah. all. There's so many narratives that just yeah. bear it, you know, just layer yeah, upon layer. layer upon layer. Is is they speak of uh, the city as a kind of palimpsest, mm. right? So you have it's, it's like how books used to be that written on vellum, mm. right? And uh, you would have layers of writing one yeah. upon the other, yeah. right? Yeah, and yeah, exactly. A, a, a bit like how if you go to the uh, Hagia Sophia, right, you will have uh, Arabic calligraphy, right. right, as one layer, and yeah. beneath that used to be the Christian iconography. So right. again, you and isn't this what human history is about, right? You will have layers of narratives one upon the other, yeah. like that. And this is precisely the kind of vision that uh, you know the, the migrant workers, and in this case, uh, Mohinuddin, um, really articulated. You yeah. know, and in you know, in an expression far better than what I would would come up with, you know, that they have built, you know, from the dust this civilized city in a way. Yeah. That, and and credit really to 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 all Singaporeans and no less to to migrant workers, you know, to to articulate this very reality that they have helped to engender. Mm. Yeah. So uh, th- this was a kind of. Uh, hope on our part that we could also bring their words into this whole national yeah. conversation yeah. right I mean we speak of our Singapore conversation yeah. right yeah. like but uh, I, I mean I won't go political at this point obviously <laughs> right but uh, I, I think we can do more yeah, yeah. I think we mm. can definitely continue the conversation and we should you know especially in, yeah. the, in the area of local writing yeah, yeah mm-hmm. definitely there's mm. so much more and there are so many new voices as well right yeah in the text and um, you know young uh, it's about uh, you know perspectives of of, from people from all walks of life Mm. young people seniors you know people young families yeah yeah young families so so many and all with with diverse concerns of their own and all trying to negotiate this space that Mm. we call home people from uh, Mm. faith perspective when they they see the world Mm. uh, from through the lens of the religion of mm. the cosmology, uh, everything they see is a reflection of the divine. Yes, mm. oh, that's so so it transcends. Yeah, and the transcendent um, you can call it God or you can yeah. call it mm, an idea, yeah. but this transcendence is the thing that uh, unites yeah. because of the of the universality of it. Yeah. So um, I thought that was a potential that a, a book like this could. Um, Achieve. Yeah, that, that's what uh, we wanted to, to, to move towards, definitely. Yeah. Um, we, in a sense, I think many of our poems do you know, reflect that vision. Mm. Because, I mean, I'm thinking of uh, poems in which they aren't necessarily limited or circumscribed to any particular faith. Yes. You know? So they wouldn't like, be banal or proselytizing in yes. that respect. Yeah. But rather... Uh, they articulate a certain level of human experience that speaks to people of all faiths and none. Mm -hmm. And more importantly, uh, articulate the 
profound spirituality that grounds all the different traditions. Yeah. So I'm thinking as an example of Arimanium's Walk to Work. Arimanium, yeah. Yeah, so there's this, yeah, a line um, in which he describes the branches of a tree, right? Yeah. And when he describes how the branches outspread shining heavenward, and I learn again that all things have their language of praise. Yeah. So... In a sense, he's articulating that which you described, yeah. right? That that all elements in all nature, nature yeah. right, reveals the spark of the divine, yeah. and um, there is a, trans- a transcendent dimension yeah. to all of reality. Right. And precisely this common language of nature, I, I think, it was what gave it uh, a certain grounding and. Uh, a, a certain common platform because yeah. if you look at the symbols yeah. and uh, motifs yeah. that are implicit in each faith tradition it is strikingly common and mm. um, there's something shared about many of these narratives which often escapes the eye so even mm. like we just spoke on Arimanian's walk to work right mm. he's talking about tree branches if you look yeah. at trees themselves yeah. right um, there's something about them that is, you know, uh, often echoed in many different faith traditions. Yeah. So in the Abrahamic tradition, you would have the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, yeah. for example, right? You would have the Garden of Eden, yeah. right? It's trees and gardens, yeah. yeah. Uh, and in the Buddhism, I, in Buddhism, exactly, we have the Bodhi tree, yeah. right? Uh, under which Buddhists believe the Buddha meditated and attained enlightenment. Yeah. and so on um, you, trees and you know leaves and I mean each of these ha- invoke a certain sacred significance I think for members of faiths worldwide and, yeah I think that thing about sacredness has to be uh, more expanded upon mm-hmm. because like the genesis of this thing right ah, the yes. idea of how modern to woodlands came about uh, it was partly inspired by this book book of nature mm-hmm. so when we were talking about Southeast Asian cities and the narratives uh, how there's like underlying narratives behind uh, people and objects and things like that the same could be said of nature as well because I mean I'm coming from the Muslim tradition mm-hmm. there is that uh, what is the word called semiotic semiotic relationship oh uh, we're of, going to semiotic <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where, yeah. You, where you can undercover signs uh, yeah, around yes. the world yeah, yes. as in you see nice. Uh, things in nature as science yeah. uh, there's something deeper than that there's yeah. bigger meanings uh, mm. behind this the whole of creation yeah. is the Quran wow wow <laughs> <laughs> wow <laughs> it's, it's God revealing himself every yes. second uh, right. every minute and every place uh, so when we talk about interfaith um, uh, that was part of the uh, that was part of the I mean that's one of the ways where we're coming from uh, mm. to see it's kind of an experiment, like what kind of uh, poetry will come up because it's in it's yeah, you don't know yeah, yeah, you don't know whether people come from Muslim tradition or even if they Muslims whether they come from another correct you know, yeah. another faith perspective or even mm. none at all yeah mm. yeah so it was it was a good mixture at the end of the day we had like sixty plus plus sixty seven poets mm. whatever yeah and we need to see about which one was like. The most, I would say, the most appropriate for it mm. for this poem. Yes. Yeah. So then, we, uh, when when formalizing this thing, it was like, uh, it was a process of, uh, at the same time trying to figure out what was, uh, what's what are we going to present to the reader? Yeah. 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 I mean, are we going to present since we don't have like you know the sacred uh, text? I mean, the one that 
uh, that you mentioned just now, how you perceive it to be, like yeah. the sacredness for coming yeah. from each faith traditions. So we took in uh, I mean several ideas and just uh, try to put it in touch. I mean, this is what you see today. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there are very there's a lot of angles to see the book. In, yeah. So, yeah. so it's not just limited by the that aspect of uh, sacredness in faith perspectives but there's also other aspects I mean uh, the human perspectives uh, how people see uh, how people see I mean uh, names of places specific uh, specific places like um, Thompson Road um, Gerald Yam's piece uh, how people see Sembawang Park and things like that yeah it's coming back to the sacredness versus the or the secular mm-hmm. um, so yeah, how how do you do you include the uh, you were saying the none at all um, the the people who have uh, who write the poetry that are not informed by um, sacred traditions but basically mm. just a secular mindset or view mm. do you include those views or is that included as an interface I don't know how, uh, as, mm. as as a uh, as a method that. Uh, you cannot ex- exclude secular voices. Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, we didn't <laughs> exclude secular voices. At all. Yeah, on the contrary. But how I, how is that? Mm. I mean, how is that a multi or interfaith um, approach? If, mm. if there's, uh, well, I, I think that interfaith approaches, uh, you know, tend to lose out if they don't include. You yeah. know, secular approaches that yeah. and secular, of course, um, you know, stakeholders. So yeah. it's all the more I think that um, when and, and that when we you know invoke these um, grand terms like interfaith, we have to be very mindful of mm. you know inclusiveness. Yeah, uh, that, which is why you know some might even contest the idea or the notion of interfaith itself, you know, and when you speak of faith, but are they not really a faith, you know, Mm. then then if you're atheist or or secular Mm. secular humanist and so on. Yeah, but I think rather than um, nitpick necessarily about these terms, the the, the historical tradition in Singapore uh, has, I think, affirmed ever since, you know, the IRO in 1949, right, that we we, we do have... uh, you know, religious traditions as being an important part of local culture. Uh-huh. You know, so because of that, I think we we can continue to invoke these such terminology. Yeah, yeah and so refer to interfaith, right? And when we include uh, secular voices, it's informing that and adding value to that rather than detracting from the spiritual aspect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So instead, they would uh, they, many you know secular writers are also profoundly influenced by spirituality yes, yes. Yeah. and they might even be inspired by specific yes. traditions um, and you find that as illusions as yeah. uh, passing glances yeah. rather than as in your face uh, broad concerns yeah. yeah so that's what we try to do you know that yeah a lot of um, yeah. Even uh, English secular writing, they draw a lot to the Bible. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, consciously or or otherwise, because um, you know, like it or not, yeah, the religion and uh, and I would say religion in particular, rather than spirituality, mm-hmm. you know, is part, very much part of um, culture and literacy. So, um, yes. to a great extent. Uh, Religious knowledge is a prerequisite for cultural literacy. I would mm. I, that is my big contentious argument. Mm. You know that uh, if, for example, you study English literature, mm. you 
really should have at least a basic knowledge of the Bible because it informs everything since Chaucer onwards. I mean, even into the 20th and 21st centuries, you cannot escape it. It's just as if you read the Chinese classics, you would have to be informed by the Taoist and Confucianist right. classics. Right? It's just a part of the tradition in order to fully appreciate that kind of you know, grander meta-narrative that they are informed by. Mm. Right, and I, I would say that in Singapore, where we are, we are blessed in enjoying the perspectives and in, in, in uh, hearing from the views of all these varied traditions. You know that that's why it's so much it's so important that we know what's the symbolism, yeah. right, of the cross, of the crescent, yes. of I mean, and all these aspects. You know that uh, we are not monolithic in any way. Yes, right, and that. When we speak of multiplicity, you know, which is almost like this buzzword now, right? Mm-hmm. But we have to, we have to continue and yeah. and promote it and embrace it. Yeah, yeah, continuously. It's not the, the fault lines. Where yeah, you're digging it. Exactly. Yeah, and we're not being paranoid. You know, when we say, "Oh, like, I mean, yeah, um, let's like avoid, uh, let let us uh, somehow, you know, uh, pay attention to the fault lines because mm. um, it's." You know, when we ignore mm. uh, any fault lines and when we try to gloss over differences mm. that they fester mm. like wounds. So it's, we have to, to be very mindful, but not to you know, neglect them or imagine they don't exist. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, there are sensitive issues yeah. right, to now and um, in, you know, involving different races of religions. But the solution, I think, for us and why we write, yeah. right, which is the broader question, um, why we write is, is because we want to pay attention to it and to draw attention to it and to give it that kind of sensitivity that it deserves yeah right because otherwise um, you know if, if we just leave, leave out I mean like just uh, stop the conversation we're not going to get anywhere mm-hmm. yeah so that's why poetry is very much a part of this yeah that we're trying to bring poems into this conversation right that they are very much a part of national discourse. Yeah. There is a political, even you know, a significance to this. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. In, in this, this resonance with yeah. this whole project. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm sure you're finding out now that whenever you come out with a book, people will say, "When's the next book coming?" Out? Oh God! Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, what is the extension? Of it? What was the extension of the conversation? What was 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 next from from Wooden to from Wood, from Walden to Wooden? Uh, we are continuing with. Um, the online, uh, yes. you know, uh, yeah. the, the we, we, trails. Yeah. So you know, we please do visit www.fromwardentowoodlands.com. Yeah. yeah. Right, and that is a, a. This is just a beginning. We didn't want this to culminate merely and end yeah. off and conclude mm-hmm. just like that. Okay, but this in a sense is a community that we've built up yeah. because. From Water to Woodlands isn't just about nature, right? Yeah. I mean, for the first time, we are bringing together civil society activists mm-hmm. from you know, the, those who are concerned with nature, so nature activists, but mm-hmm. also interfaith mm-hmm. activists yes. and also literary activists, you know, um, yeah, writers and, and contributors and readers. So civil society, right, in Singapore is already so small. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So and there's no reason why we should be um, speaking 
in silos, mm. right? And we, we're trying to continue to bring the conversation forward, yeah. right? And uh, that's why we have our Facebook page, Instagram, mm. yeah. uh, the website to continue yeah. this for now. Yeah. Uh, in terms of plans for future publications yeah. and future projects, uh, we are still discussing and yeah. we are looking at future projects. All of our traditions have... Um, Poetry. I was very right. moved by Alfian Saad's because um, uh, Alfian Saad's piece here. He yes. he, he draws um, from this uh, traditional Malay poetry. And yes, he, he translated that, yeah. it. It resonated so much yes. with me because it's it's so deeply entrenched in Malay culture. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So I love that part. Mm-hmm. I think it's, it was one of the reasons why we loved it too. Yeah. Um, and he was integrating these diverse poetic forms, so from the pantun, right? Yeah. And I mean, it, it, I, I recall in the UK, the, the pantun is already a kind of established mm. form. I mean, they call it different, the pantun, right? <laughs> so, uh, and, and, and it's, it's a form that many Anglo American writers have actually negotiated with. Yeah. So it's fascinating how our culture, you know, yeah. Southeast Asian, I mean, uh, you know, uh, Malay culture has become such a part of again yeah. these such broader yeah. uh, discourses yeah. right and and he's doing that that um, he's invoking you know, he's, he's, he's these um, historical forces and yeah. marshalling them towards yeah. you know uh, articulating a vision that is relevant to today and when he's describing all these scenes like his, his wonderful imagery you know what I mean? wonderful plus imagery. It, Malay grammar is so flexible. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so it can have so many juxtapositions of meaning. Yeah. yeah. And, and the great thing I mean about uh, the pantun, and I, I, I mean the, the genuine Malay form of the pantun rather than the pantun, right, <laughs> is that um, the rhyme and meter, right, uh, involves a certain kind of cadence and, yeah. and, and strictly so, right. It, it's not so much about uh, you know, repetition of lines yeah. that you know the pantoum would have, but that over here you would have uh, strict forms, and it, it's melodious. So here you have words serving as music, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Which uh, the, the words themselves are the rainfall in the groove, as Alfred yeah. would put it. You know that the, 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 the pitter patter of words, mm. right? That you know, the, in, it, mimetically enact the very scenes yeah. that. Mm-hmm. They describe, yeah. right? So, uh, oh, it's uh, beautiful. Alfian's um, uh, yeah. pantone is haiku. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, th- these are <laughs> and haikus as well, right? I mean, like a, a foreign form, right? The yeah. Japanese form, but yeah. at the same time, that what he's doing is crystallizing yeah. images, right? That that he's turning all these uh, common scenes into these precise and condensed versions that. Uh, I wouldn't say freeze reality into stasis, but rather capture a, a snapshot. Mm. I would say that's a more accurate rendition of it. That they capture a a haunting, evocative snapshot yeah. of reality just in that moment. Uh, yeah, and the yeah. snapshot is timeless. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it's ethereal. It's as you said, and that's just just the word. I mean, that it's timeless. It is. It's bringing these moments out of time, which is yeah. what good poetry should do, right? Yeah. That they are timeless. Right? Yeah. That the good poems um, can be enjoyed four hundred years later. Yeah. Right? yeah. And when he's describing, you know, sweet smelling garden, wind blowing through the jasmine petals on my lap, right? There, there's there's something about 
uh, the, the, not just and we spoke about imagery yeah. earlier right yeah. you know the kind of uh, olfactory imagery yeah. but also something that's that's deeply rooted within us that um, even sense you know um, many poems you know speak of beautiful garden very colours but mm-hmm. there's something that strikes at the core and the soul right mm-hmm. the, the sense of smell that yeah. um, the first memory is often not sight yeah. it is that it's which you can yeah. smell right and, and it's something that, that, that strikes at the core of a person yeah very, very visceral yes exactly yeah and bodily almost and that's what we try to to get at here yeah there were so many po- I mean poets that you know experimented with form to to significant effect yeah and that's what we tried to to, to, to display and to, to, to reveal but I enjoyed the anthology I, I read it Thanks. over two yeah. days wonderful Thanks. Uh, congratulations yeah. for doing this Thanks. Um, thank you for doing this. Because um, <laughs> no, any kind of appreciation, you, you have no idea how, how much we <laughs> appreciate it too. Because, yeah. you know, when we started, it was just so difficult. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, the thing of publishers. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Ethos Books was instrumental. Yeah. 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 Our, in fact... Um, no, they, for them, local publishing is in the DNA. Yeah. It's yeah. in the wide way. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. We would definitely take this up, yeah, and charge up the hill. Oh, <laughs> and and we were so enthusiastic about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we were working with Ankage from mm. Ethos, and he's yeah. just a terrific, yeah. you know, um, proofreader and guide. Yeah, yeah. and uh, we would have managed it without.